you Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 27. Well, I think it's 27. Uh, the amount of episodes is mounting up and I'm losing count. But yes, today I want to talk about a homeschool registration. I recently, I think it was in the last podcast, I said I would report back after our homeschool registration visit. And that's what I'd like to do today is tell you about my, well, our children's last a homeschool registration visit, and how our authorized person or our AP from the education department, uh, the person who came out to visit us and look at our records, I wanted to report back and tell you what she thought of our Evernote records and how I convinced her to give us another period of homeschool registration based on those records. How did we fulfill the requirements for registration, which are quite strict in our state of uh, New South Wales, Australia. So I hope you'll find that interesting. I've got a few thoughts about registration along the way and a few thoughts on how we can use Evernote to showcase unschooling. Now, sometimes I really do wish that we could just get on with the job of unschooling, that we could just get up every day and quietly do what we do best without worrying about keeping any records, having to satisfy homeschool registration requirements. And I know a lot of people feel this way. Yes, why should the education department have a say in what we, how we are raising our children, how we're educating them? Why do we have to justify our methods or our way of life? But Unfortunately, we do have to fulfill registration requirements. It's the law here in Australia that our children either go to school or they are registered as homeschoolers. Now, I know a lot of people have got around this problem by not registering their children, by just being quiet at home. Unfortunately for us, we have to stay within the law because this is our 23rd year of homeschooling and we're in the system. Yes, I've had seven children registered as homeschoolers and they know that we exist and it's very, will be very difficult for us to slip away and to unschool very quietly. Not that I particularly want to do that. I feel that if we can live with the law, if we can work within the system, then we will be part of the system. I've had my moments where I've got a bit fed up with record keeping and having to satisfy other people outside our own family who I don't think are very important as far as my children's um, upbringing goes. And I have had on occasion these thoughts that I will just go our own way and if anybody comes along and says we're, we're not within the law, we're not fulfilling the requirements, then I would fight it. And whenever I've voiced this opinion, just in small circles around me, people have uh, said that that's probably not a sensible thing to do. What if we are taken to court? Could we be fined? Someone told me that we could be fined, I think it was something like $11,000, for failing to educate our children. I guess that's failing to educate our children according to the system. Uh, Have we really got money to go to court and prove that we are educating our children. They're not being neglected. 
And we've heard all heard stories in other countries around the world where children have been adversely affected by their parents fighting the government over homeschooling. I really don't want to put my children into that sort of situation where we're publicly fighting over uh, our rights to educate children as we we want to do. Which doesn't mean I don't think that we should shouldn't work towards changing the system and maybe a better way of doing that is for as many people as possible to band together as we have been doing over the last couple of years or so. Uh, I mean that's how we were able to homeschool in the first place. I remember when we first started out all those years ago I was in contact with a few of their pioneering families that actually got the law changed so that it is uh, a right of ours to homeschool. And yes, they protested, they presented their cases to the government. Eventually, they got the law changed. And I'm really thankful for those people because we came along very, very soon after that and all the hard work had been done for us. But right today, today I want to unschool my children. I don't want to wait until we have changed anybody else's minds about it, the government, all the other people that are in control. I want to unschool today. I'm not going to wait. But I also want to unschool and not compromise the way we're doing it. And so I've been thinking about this and thinking, can we actually do that? Can we uh, stay within the system so that we can satisfy the people from the education department And at the same time, can my children continue to unschool in the way that I feel is necessary? And for our family, I think that I can do both those things. I've never had any problems getting through the registration process. And I think that is always because I've been able to prove that my children are are learning a, a lot of things. Their education is impressive. That's just unschooling. It's not something that's unique to my family. It's the fact that an unschooling uh, way of life, children are just naturally going to learn a lot. And I have been able to convince the authorized person when she has come out to visit us that our children, yes, they are learning a lot. I've even managed to convince them that they're doing their best to learn what is required by the education department and that they were, we're confident about the future that we have we have thought about the future and our children are going to continue progressing and learning by this way of life now i never mention the word unschooling whenever a registration visit comes along but that's what i'm presenting to the ed- education department i'm presenting it to them without using the word unschooling and the ap has always been impressed by unschooling, even though we're not talking, uh, using that particular word. What she is impressed with is the philosophy or the what comes out of unschooling. Now, maybe if I started off by saying we, we unschool our children, it might bring up some sort of barrier to begin with that a lot of people don't understand unschooling and they're very critical about it. Uh, maybe they think that when kids follow their own interests, they will choose to do nothing much at all. If they do choose to do something, maybe they'll just choose to play, do things of little value in the eyes of um, the person who's criticizing. Because, of course, play is very valuable in its own rights, as we all know. Uh, maybe they would think that unschooling mothers are just too lazy to write a plan for the education of their children. 
that it's a very neglectful way of education. So saying you're unschooling to people that don't understand is really a big problem. Now, if the people who are criticizing us aren't very important, we can just shrug our shoulders and go our own merry way. We know something that they do not know. I always feel very privileged with the way of life I have, and it doesn't really worry me if people criticize. I I know what's right for our family, and I I can put up with a bit of criticism. But when people who are criticizing or people who don't understand unschooling have some effect upon our children, like the education department, that's where there is a real problem. And I guess we have to convince those people that, yes, their, their preconceived ideas about unschooling are wrong. How can we do this? And this is where I think Evernote has come into it, is that Evernote is just a tool. It's uh, not a method. It's just a tool that I can use to showcase my girls' learning. I enter all their learning experiences into Evernote, and it's a way that other people can scroll through all these learning experiences and they can see the richness, the variety, uh, the wonderful learning that um, our children are doing. And you can't really argue with that, whatever you call it. Um, so I don't call it anything. It's just my girls are learning. And uh, yes, people are impressed by that. So yes, I think Evernote is a great tool. I'd like to tell you a little bit more about the actual registration visit. It happened last week. Our authorized person came out to visit us um, one morning last week. And as usual, we had uh, things to show her. The girls just got, a, they've got a couple of folders with thing, paper things inside them, real physical things that you can see and handle. And what's in those folders? There's oh, blog posts they've written that I've printed off. There's letters they've written, there's brochures and other things from museums and art galleries, odd bits of paper, not not an awful lot, um, and certainly there's no essays, there's no notes they've taken while they've been researching a subject, uh, there isn't any maths, uh, like exercise books, any maths problems all set out, there's nothing that's sort of traditional evidence of learning in their folders. It's just things that are like a journal, things they've kept, things that they want to look through again, and things that they were willing to show the AP. They also got a few creative arts projects out, things they've made, crochet scarves, knitting, uh, homemade books they've made. Jim Rose is into making books out of old covers, hardback covers at the moment. They put all these things on the table, but before the AP got to that, uh, she wanted to see the, my records of the last two years. And normally I would put uh, an exercise book in front of her and a few documents which summarizes those records because I can't, I have lost count of the number of homeschool registration visits we've had, but it's a lot. And for all of them, I've kept paper records, except for this one. And in the past, before the AP came to visit us, I would get my 
exercise book with all the notes I'd made over the two years, and I would transform that into an impressive-looking document, a sort of like a summary, a summary of what they'd done for the key learning areas, a summary of the progress of my goals, and just a little bit of an idea of where we were heading uh, in the in the future. And it's always been acceptable, but I didn't have that this time, and I didn't actually do any preparations for the visit at all. All I did when she came through the door and we had a few words, chatted and said how nice it is to see us again, I opened my computer in front of her, put it down on the table, and said to her, I've done something a little bit different this time. Well, it was very different. I've used Evernote to keep our homeschool records. And she used the Evernote. I think she'd heard about Evernote, but she hadn't heard about Evernote in conjunction with homeschool records. And I don't think she'd ever used Evernote, so she didn't know the possibilities even. Anyway, I, I showed her of my notebooks, all the notebooks down one side. I'd made a notebook, one notebook for every, every week of every term. I had been using the system for five terms. And I had three terms in my exercise book before I'd actually swapped over to the Evernote system. She wasn't interested in seeing the paper ones. She wanted us to have a look at the Evernote, but she just scrolling through them while I showed her how to open up a notebook. One of the weeks of the term, all the notes came up. One note for every learning experience my girls had in that particular week. Soon she was clicking on those notes and looking at them all and being, oh, she just kept saying, oh, amazing, amazing. I tagged all the notes with the key learning areas. I'd even added some outcomes to some of them, though not all of them. And yes, I think she was overwhelmed by it all. She couldn't possibly look at every note I had I presented her with. There were just too many weeks and too many notes for each of those weeks. Yeah, she just scrolled and scrolled and opened up a note here, opened up a note there, and was totally blown away by the whole system. She could have spent all day looking at them. Uh, yeah, her opinion was it was fantastic, a wonderful way of recording learning, and she had no doubt whatsoever that my girls are getting a pretty good education. And not just a pretty good ed- education, a better than normal one. So even though we didn't talk about unschooling, she was impressed by unschooling and I'd found a way of presenting unschooling to her that was acceptable so I'm really really happy about that Now, just before our AP came to visit us the girls and I were just joking about and Sophie said to me You'd told everybody you'd report back on your homeschool registration visit after you, after we've had it. What if we fail, Mum? What if the AP doesn't like your Evernote notes? What if she fails to give you a re-register us as homeschoolers or she gives us a very short registration period because she's not really happy with how we've been doing things? And I thought about that and thought, oh, wow, perhaps I was a bit premature in promising to get back to everybody. Perhaps I should not have told anybody about the homeschool visit until after the event. So I just said to Sophie, well, I guess it will be a little bit embarrassing if we fail and I'll have to go back and say in my podcast or on my blog, oh, well, I've, I've led everybody astray here. 
Uh, Evernote doesn't work. Um, The AP wasn't impressed at all. She doesn't like this system. And I just have to be very humble about it and admit that, uh, yes, I'd failed. Except I didn't have to do that. I'm here, sitting here, telling you what a wonderful system Evernote is. I'm not telling you what, what a wonderful job my girls did. It was unschooling. Unschooling allowed them to have some really impressive learning experiences, which I was able to record in a wonderful system, which is Evernote. So I'm sitting here saying to you, if you haven't yet found a way of recording unschooling for official purposes, if you have to present your children's learning to um, some kind of authority education department and you have to be officially registered as homeschoolers, consider Evernote. It's uh, very easy. It looks really complicated, it Looks, uh, but it's not. It more, looks more impressive than it actually is for the amount of effort you have to put in. Now, I got talking on a Facebook group about my registration visit and my success with Evernote and started sharing with a lot of other people. One thing led to another and I actually made a video about the homeschool registration visit. Uh, If you're listening to this and you already belong to that Facebook group or if you've been to my blog and read the post that goes with the video, you'll already know about this. I made a screen capture video showing my Evernote notebooks, and I explained the three stages that I had to satisfy to get that period of registration. I had to show the AP what the girls had been learning, prove that they had been learning, some evidence. That was my notes. I had to prove that they were progressing in their learning, and I, I was able to do that through my notes as well. I've got various notebooks in there that uh, helped convince the AP that my girls are progressing in their learning, even though I already know that. This was, I think all parents do know whether their children are progressing or whether they're having problems. We don't need to write it down officially. But I, I did manage to do that, and I've explained that in my video. It's a bit hard to explain how to do it on a podcast. I think it go, it's much easier to watch the video and to have watched me talk my way through the notebooks that I put together to prove that my girls are learning. And the same thing with the third requirement. I had to uh, present some kind of plan for the future to satisfy the AP that we were going in the right direction, that my children were going to be learning things that were in the school syllabus. And that's the very tricky thing is the school syllabus because in our state of New South Wales, all our kids' learning has to be based on the school syllabus which is, well, yeah, how do we do that when we're unschoolers and our children choose what they want to learn? We can't make them learn things in the school syllabus, but the authorized person expects to see that. I explained on my video exactly what I did to satisfy her in that regard, that I have some sort of plan that will ensure that my girls at least have the opportunity to learn what's in the school syllabus. Uh, I used what I call my unplanning notebook, my Evernote unplanning notebook. I made a video just on that notebook uh, once before, quite a few months ago now. But in this video, I explain what I did. And yes, uh, again, it's a little bit too complicated, I think, to explain it on a podcast. And if you really are interested in that, perhaps you'd watch my video. It's on YouTube. 
I think the, the main point of all this is that even though we have to present our children with learning experiences based on the school syllabus, they have the right to refuse to learn them, that we have to give them opportunities for learning. I think I've talked about this quite a few times in other podcasts and blog posts. We can't, I especially talked about it in my last one. We can't force children to learn. So as long as we give evidence to the education department that we have provided our children with opportunities for learning, that's really all we can do. And I did do that for my registration visit. And yes, I explained that further in the video. Now, leading on from that video, I decided that we would start chatting about it. And what do we actually put into our Evernote notebooks? It's all very well having an Evernote notebook to show the education department, but it's not going to be impressive if we haven't recorded any impressive notes. We have to get all those wonderful learning experiences down into our Evernote notebooks. And how do we do that? We don't have textbooks. We can't quote pages of books that they particularly read in their, in their textbooks. We haven't got maths exercise books with all the problems set out and dated. We haven't got all the traditional type things that are used as evidence of learning. I don't think really that that type of thing is evidence of learning or the traditional things that school kids have in their school bag or filled in workbooks, certificates for this or certificates for that. I don't think that actually proves that they've learned anything. It just proves they've gone through the exercise of filling in the maths problems or writing an essay, uh, it doesn't actually prove that they have learned anything because as I've talked about in previous podcasts, children can work their way through a lot of worksheets and forget the whole thing. It doesn't prove that they actually learned it. They just went through the motions. But that's beside the point. Uh, so, uh, yes, how, what, what are we going to put into our Evernote notebooks? I think that our children, it's recognizing what our children are doing. It's looking out for all those learning experiences with new eyes, uh, is this a learning experience that we can capture and put into our notebooks? How, how are we going to do that? How are we going to transform that experience and put it into our notebooks to impress somebody? We have to have the right educational language, I think. We've got to be thinking, what does the AP want expect to see? She's expecting to see history, geography, English, maths. And unschooling isn't divided into those subjects. But we have to start classifying our children's activities for record-keeping purposes only, not for them or for us. But when it comes to record-keeping, we have to recognize that sitting reading a book is English, that writing a blog post is also English, working out their pocket money or whatever is maths. Doing some baking could be PDHPE because it could be using a healthy recipe. We, we could be talking about our diet. It also could be maths because we could be working out the recipe. It could be creative arts if we're decorating a cake. It's just finding the right educational language to apply to whatever we observe our children doing in the day. Um, and once we got the uh, the label, we also have to have something to put into the the note. Is it just going to be a, a, a short summary, a few words about that activity, or can we do better than that? Can we add photos? Can we add links? 
And I, I've discovered some、uh, ways of recording my children's learning as I've gone along. I've had more and more ideas about how to capture those moments and put them into the notebooks so that my AP can look at them and. Yeah, say amazing. That's really amazing. So I, I've been sharing a few of these as well. I've decided I, I'm going to make、uh, a video on each of the key learning areas to share what I've discovered about recording、uh, learning experiences in an educational department sort of fashion. And I'm sure that I, my ideas aren't the only ones, and they might not even suit you. But I thought they'd be a good starting point for us. If anybody likes to discuss this, anyone has some additional ideas about how we can put together Evernote notebooks、uh, for registration purposes. So I've got one notebook、uh, already on YouTube. I, I think it was Saturday. I made a screen capture video about Evernote unschool maths notebooks and. Talked a little bit about the, some of the resources that were used, not all of them, because it just takes too long in a in a video. But I just have shared some examples of resources that we use and how I put them into an unschool notebook, so that the AP can see that my girls are having math maths experiences, even though they don't work from a maths textbook or an online maths course, and they have no exercise books full of problems to show her. And yes, I thought I'd do another. I'd do do one. Well, I've got some ideas on science and English are really easy. Yeah, all the key learning areas. If I can get around to it and think of enough ideas to put those together. So if you're interested, perhaps you'd like to go over to YouTube and keep your eye out for those. Maybe subscribe to my channel. Now I feel like I've had an Evernote homeschool registration overload this week, and maybe our listeners and viewers and readers have also felt that way.、Uh, a couple of blog posts, some some videos, podcast. Yes, I've been talking Evernote, Evernote, Evernote. I'm hoping to get onto something else next week, but I thought, well, it's better to do it now while it's all fresh in my mind, and while people are interested, maybe、uh, people that have been following. Along and waiting for a little bit of feedback, maybe. But if you're not interested in Evernote and if you don't have to keep homeschool records, I think that's really wonderful for you, and I'm really envious.、Uh, you also must be、uh, waiting out for something other than homeschool registration details. So I'm hoping to get some fresh ideas. Maybe after Easter, yeah, we talk about something else. Something that's a little bit more interesting because homeschool records is not really interesting. It's just basic. Uh, Behind-the-scenes work,、uh, housekeeping that we need to do in order for our children to unschool. After Easter, oh yeah, Good Friday in a few days' time, and then this. Two weeks of school holidays, where my husband Andy will be home, and life is just about to move into another phase, another rhythm. Yes, I talk about the seasons of the unschooling year, and though learning keeps going on regardless, life does change、uh, according to the, the season of the year—not the weather season, but other things that come into our life that、uh, affect the rhythm of our lives, and it will be. Changed when Andy finishes work on Thursday evening and is home for two weeks. Yeah, we'll be doing different things over the next two weeks, concentrating on different projects, going on a few outings, enjoying Easter, enjoying time together with my husband, and relaxing. Maybe a few late mornings instead of getting up for quite so early. 
The weather is actually changing. It's getting cooler and darker in the morning. It's getting harder and harder to get out for a run early in the morning because the sun just hasn't risen. It's after seven o'clock before we go out, which I know for some people, it, it, that's still very early getting light, but for us it isn't. And yes, there's a, a coolness in the air. It's definitely autumn now. So in that respect also, the weather is affecting our unschooling. I think that we're going to be putting our runs into a different time slot of the day very shortly. We'll probably be running just before morning tea instead of before breakfast very shortly. But I would just like to wish everybody a happy Easter. I don't know if I will make any podcasts over the Easter holidays because of that change in rhythm. It's hard to find the free time on my own in a quiet house to sit and think unschooling for a while. I'd probably be out having a picnic with family, but I'll be back after the holidays. And I hope you have a very happy Easter, very happy holidays if you're taking a break as well. Housekeeping for the uh, podcast. My blog is Stories of an Unschooling Family. If you'd like to go over and read the program notes, read any of my other Evernote blog posts. I'm on Facebook, Sue Elvis Writes. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with all my blog posts and other information, resources, links, photos, anything else that I post on the Facebook. I usually use Facebook for quick and easy things and in between writing blog posts and I do update practically every day and sometimes more than once. And then there's my YouTube channel, Sue Alvis, if you want to keep up to, to date with any more of my videos and podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe through iTunes and also follow through Podbean. I think that's all. <laughs> so until next time, trust, respect, and love unconditionally. And thank you for listening. <laughs>